hours, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ingari i inei mea katoa hira ake te wika turea i a tātou, e mea nana i aroha nei ki a tātou, u tonu huki toku whaka aro, e kore te mate te ora ranei, e kore ngā anahere, ngā rangatiratanga ranei, e kore ngā mea una enei, e kore ngā mea i puta mai a mua, e kore ngā mana, e kore te tikitiki, e kore te hohonu, e kore te tahi atu mea hanga, e kaha ki te momutu i a tātou i te aroha o te atua, i tērā e roto nei e a karaiti ihu, i tō mātou āreki. Tonight I'm going to start off with a little bit of a game, which is like fill in the blankage. Um, so please all call up the answer if you know it. I'm very sure you all know it because you're very smart people, but do it anyway. Okay, so fill in the blank for me. To be or not to be, that is the question. Luke, I am your Yes, from Star Wars, of course. Um, and Apple the day keeps the... Great. Slow and steady. I feel like I'm teach rating again. <laughs> With great power comes great. I actually don't know what the original to this one is, but I know it's Spider-Man, so we're going to go with that. <laughs> um, the final one is elementary, my dear. Watson. From Sherlock Holmes. Perfect. Good job. Um, so the reason that I want to do that quick exercise tonight is to highlight the importance of words. And I know I sound like a cheesy English teacher when I say that, but I'm going with it. Um, and the different ways in which we internalise them without even thinking. Um, song lyrics and other version of words I often find stick, and that my capacity for them see, in my brain seems to far away the amount of like, exam information that will stay there. Um, I would love it if I could remember the pharmacology interactions that I need in the hospital, rather than the random Shakira song that's often like playing in the back of my but I can tell you this actually can be turned into a really handy study technique, um, which I highly recommend for you all. Um, because throughout my high school years, I studied Spanish, with the lovely Emily of the in the class as well. Um, and in order for us to learn the conjugations and grammar we needed to have full conversations, our teacher, Senorita Loa, would find these random YouTube covers um, that put the structures that we had to learn to popular songs at the time, which for context, like 2014, 2015. Um, and these were songs like Gangnam Style on TikTok. <laughs> um, and the most hilarious part of this was in my junior exams, when a number of girls got told off for like mutter singing under their breath like Kesha, when they were trying to like remember the answers. Um, that was like this exam in them. <laughs> so for me personally, these words stuck in my brain so much that when I eventually went on exchange to Argentina a few years later, this was the method that I used to have conversations. Which usually went along the lines of them asking me a question or me trying to jump into a class discussion, um, and I'd have to stop everything or to sing through the chorus of Gangnam Style in my head um, <laughs> to make sure that I got the tense that I needed right. Um, so there was a reason why they decided just to stick to English with me while my Spanish came out so badly. Um, but I stand by the fact that those words are forever stuck in my brain because of the way that I read them. 
Um, and it's both a good thing and bad thing, actually, that words hold so much power and meaning, especially even when they're sung. Um, good in the sense that words are how we learn, how we grow, and how we build one another up. Bad, however, because those not-so-nice words and conversations can stick the most and often have massive impacts on us. In fact, it is words, whether spoken or written, explicit or implicit, serious or joking, that have created a culture where we now believe that love is conditional. Mm -hmm. To be lovable, favoured, means that we have to be good, kind, generous, selfless and likeable all of the time, which basically means that we have to be Disney princesses. <laughs> Motivational quotes, encouragement to improve and challenges to become your better self in 75 days is what 2022 social media is. Um, and have built this environment where we need to be constantly changing and bettering to be worthy in society's eyes. We are not used to having the level of complete, unconditional love that is God's love. A really interesting example of this in the Bible is in a story I think that most of us have heard before, um, and that is the Christmas story. So in Luke 1.26, we start with Gabriel the angel appearing to Mary um, and telling her about what's going to happen to her. Um, and it reads like this. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. I'd like to point out the phrase, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Because I think we often attribute the sentence to the words that actually came after it rather than before it. Mary was not troubled at the news that she was a newly pregnant virgin, I think most of us would be, <laughs> but she, because she didn't even know at this point that she that was the case. Um, she was troubled at the words, greetings you who are highly favoured. The fact that she was favoured by God, and so much so we would soon find out that she would bear a son who would be called Son of the Most High and Prince of Peace. We often think of the faith that it took for Mary to believe that she would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit and that her illegitimate son would have a throne and a kingdom. But I wonder if I had been in her place, which would be hard for me to believe. Giving birth to a king, again, supreme, <laughs> um, or an angel saying that I was favoured. I mean, if an angel came up to me right now and said greetings favoured by I'd probably be like, you've got the wrong girl, <laughs> don't, don't come near me. Um, when Tom first asked me to preach a few weeks ago, he gave me the prompt, a time when you felt God's love. And when he told me himself, and I was like, oh, sweet, that was so easy. And of course I did what I do and procrastinate for a few days, don't think about it. And then I was like, oh, it'll be fine, we set up for a few more days. And a few more days, and I was like, I know that I have time and I felt God's love, but it's not coming to me. I don't know why. It was, it was weird, like I couldn't pinpoint a single one. And it took me a while, but eventually I realised it came something down to something that my mum used to say to us as kids. Um, so when we would do something that we weren't supposed to or being particularly annoying, mum would end up saying, I love you, but I really don't like you right this moment. <laughs> Harsh, I know, but we probably deserved it. Um, and so this phrase by saying a bit mean actually cemented the fact for us that mum's love was ever present. And we never doubted that, even when she was telling us that she didn't like us. <laughs> like I have never doubted mum's love, I have never doubted that God's love is constant and ever present. But I have doubted before whether I am actually worthy of that love. 
the conditional world that we live in has trained my brain into believing that I have to be perfect to receive it. And this resulted for me in the past in really unhealthy, destructive behaviours in my part. But this is the fascinating thing. I don't think that any of us would ever put those conditions on someone else. But we often say something along those lines to ourselves. If only I prayed more. If only I read my Bible more. If only I helped that random person on the street that I saw. Then I would be a good enough Christian. But I have some good news, people. Hallelujah. <laughs> I can tell you right here, right now, tonight in Ogden, that you, as you are, are enough. In all your glorious chaos and imperfection, um, probably amongst your not-so-great grades, but actually probably still pretty good grades, you are worthy. And if you take anything from tonight, I want it to be that, and I'm fine with that because I'm pretty sure Brené Brown herself would be happy with that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was actually like really worried when I was writing this that I was being too basic with usage, um, and that it wasn't like theologically deep enough. And I, I was talking to mum about it, and she's like, "Tiana, you need to just like shut up because that's like literally the core of the gospel." Um, and I was like, "That is true." Um, so even though this may seem really basic, I think it's important for all of us to know, and I think that we all go through this sometimes. If the fact of our inherent worth wasn't true, Jesus wouldn't have made such a big deal about wanting us to love one another. John 15, 12 says, Love each other as I have loved you. If we are to love other people and constantly be giving and giving, at some point you've got to receive it back, because otherwise where is all that love going? <laughs> um, Loving each other means that you will be loved too at some point. And there is this quote from one of my favourite ever people, Nadia Boxberger, who is this Lutheran minister over in the US, she's an incredible researcher, um, which says, Sometimes receiving love or grace reminds us of all the conditions we have not met in order, in order to consider ourselves worthy. Meeting these conditions of being worthy of love is our formula and not God's. What makes you worthy of both giving and receiving love is that God desires it for you. Now I'm counting as like the first half of my message tonight because I think that if that's all you want or need to take from this, that's perfectly fine. Um, but I'm going to take it one step further with the help of Richard Moore. As many of my favourite people in here tonight as possible. <laughs> and he says, God does not love you because you are good. Sorry. <laughs> God loves you because God is good. And then you can be good because you draw upon such an infinite source. You are worthy of love as you are through Jesus. Your sense of worth should not come from achievements. Your righteousness is in Jesus. So whatever we do with our lives, wherever we put our feet, as long as we know that we are found in God, then we can be so much more stable and so much less shaken by the variability of our human lives, which we know as students can be very constant. Um, we hear this word righteousness pop up a lot in the Bible, and I feel like it's one of those words that if you've been in the church environment for a little bit, you kind of just like let it roll over you and be like, yeah, I totally know what that means. And I did that for so long, I realised when I was growing up. Um, and so I did what I do and I went through Google. Um, and I also consulted with my ex-pastor parents to see what their take on it was, and they're pretty much all the same. Um, but righteousness means to be right with someone and to have a right standing before God. Fun fact of the day. 
To get a proper picture of this word, we can head to Philippians in chapter 3, um, where we meet the Apostle Paul. Now, in this passage, Paul is telling us all about himself and his status and his achievements, and he really gets into it. He <laughs> says this. Um, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regards to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. <laughs> Paul is telling us all about how he is like the best morally, he is up to all the teachers um, of the law, he is like from the best tribe, the best places, and he is telling us that he is the best of the best. But in the next line, we hear this. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the Lord, but that which is through Christ, faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. All of the stuff that Paul is boasting about, he considers loss. Because your right standing with God comes from Jesus. I feel like I'm saying the word Jesus so much, it's sounding weird to me now. <laughs> our righteousness is not found in ourselves. Nothing that we can do in our own merit makes us right with God. But Jesus, in his own mercy, wipes the slave clean. He values relationship with us more than anything else. Maybe you feel like you have been striving, or hoop jumping, or riddled with shame, or guilt, or feelings of inadequacy. Maybe you've been striving to be accepted, to be good enough. But Jesus has a gift for you. He's a gift of eternal acceptance. He has a new identity for you, a new freedom, a fearless life, and an eternal peace. And you can lay aside all the things holding you back and hold on to Jesus instead. And this starts from a place of surrender. And, but saying the words, God, I can't do this on my own, or I need you, is terrifying. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to say. Um, but when you do say them, it is so liberating and that we can rely on God and rest in him. And he will show us who he is. He'll show us that he's peace. He'll show us that he's kind. He'll show us that he's good. He'll show us who he is and what he's like when we cling to him like that. Jesus died on the cross for us. He poured out his blood for us. He paid the greatest price, his life, because that is how much he values you and how much he values a restoration of the relationship with you to make you right before God. The thing is that surrendering to God is this constant cycle. Um, and I know myself how hard it is to unravel these underlying, underlying conditioned beliefs of unworthiness. Um, and they pop back up all the time. So surrendering is something that happens over and over and over and over again. Um, I was doing this like nerdy Google thing I do on Google every day, um, as I do, and um, came across two really interesting root words that I think help with understanding this. 
and don't even have to correct me if I get the spelling uh, pronunciation of the wrong, so I'm just going with what I think it is. Um, so it's the, these two words are gnosis and epinosis. And the different and these mean um, in Greek head knowledge and heart knowledge. So it's the difference between what head knowledge and heart knowledge is. And I was like, oh, this is so cool when I found it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you may feel like you actually like you've heard this stuff before, like you know it, but have you actually taken it in fully? For me, when I started on this journey a few years ago, it actually took me a really long time to even realise that my underlying belief of myself was that I wasn't good enough. And from there, it took a good year of hearing the message that I was, in fact, good enough through friends, family, church services, small groups, the number of very expensive psychologist sessions thrown in there to actually own my worthiness and my heart knowledge. But it still takes an effort to remind myself of that and it is truly a constant thing that I personally have to work on. Um, but I promise it does get easier. <laughs> I liken this process to a particular storyline in the movie, or the book, The Help. So in the film, if you've seen this, the main, one of the main characters, Abelina, is a maid who, um, in this family, helps look after the three-year-old girl. Um, and every morning and every night, while they're brushing her hair, Abelina makes the little girl repeat three things into the mirror. I'm not going to do that actually. <laughs> <laughs> you is kind, you is smart, and you is important. And if you haven't seen that, you need to see it to understand why I'm using bad grammar. <laughs> um, and you see the outflow of these affirmations later in the film, which I won't ruin for you. Um, but you can see that these words have stuck and they have become heart knowledge for the little girl. To turn your worth from head knowledge to heart knowledge, you need to be taking this message of your inherent worth through Jesus in constantly. You, you feel like a right idiot sometimes trying to do it um, and try to get in there sometimes, but I promise you, if you find the way that works for you, it will eventually settle and become more and more great. For me personally, I have um, particular songs that speak this message of love um, worth and surrender, the actors reminders for me. Um, and when I feel myself getting into or already in that zone of doubting whether I am good enough for God's love, um, I usually end up playing these on a cycle. <laughs> my family gets really annoyed me <laughs> um, to really get it in my brain. Um, and actually, you guys had a really good insight about how I learn tonight, whether that's like Spanish conjugations or God's love. There's like a spectrum of things. <laughs> so if you want to remember something, put it in the song. Um, but this will have to be something that you guys figure out for yourselves. It may be songs, like me. Um, but you need to figure out how do you engage with God's love and how do you truly take that in. And it is different for everyone. Um, so I thought to finish off that we could listen through one of these songs that I have for me in particular um, to give a little space to maybe start absorbing that message. Um, and I think for me the song really paints a good picture to how I think we feel when we're going through this and then God's response to that. Um, and you'll hear that in the song kind of be like, why is this a good song? And you can just to figure it out. <laughs> um, and what I want you guys to do while we're listening to the song um, and taking in the words is I want you to write your own help affirmations. You could keep it as you as kind, you as smart, you as important, maybe fix the grammar a little bit. Um, 
Um, or maybe it's something that you've heard in here tonight or something that you know for yourself as an underlying belief that um, really shouldn't be in your head and something else that really should become hard knowledge. Um, and I really hope that the stuff tonight, if it is head knowledge for you, it might not even be yet that it is something that becomes hard. Um, and before we do that, I'm just going to read the verse that Dom so kindly read out for us before again. Brilliant. Um, one final time. So Romans 8, 38 to 39. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not life or death, not angels or spirits, not the present or the future, and not powers above or powers below. Nothing in all of creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. So whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whatever you will do, God loves you, God always has, and you can't change that. So my question for you tonight as we finish up is, do you believe deep in your heart that God loves you no matter what you've done or will do? May you stop hiding under the covers. May you let God pull the covers back. May you embrace him. May your whole life become a response to the truth that you've always been loved, you are loved, and you always will be loved. And may you know deep in the depths of your soul and your heart knowledge that there's nothing you could ever do to make him love you less. Nothing you could ever do to make God love you less. Nothing you could ever do to make him love you less. Nothing 